0: So this is the third of the series, The Visitors, and uh, first week we, we looked at angels and we talked a bit about them and the uh, incredible impact that they have, and I say have because they still do, and uh, the stories, many of them in, in Scripture, about the visitations of the angels and, uh, and how they heralded really momentous events. I mean, Mary, of course, and uh, the, the shepherds, and then last week, of course, we had uh, uh, Kev up here doing a wonderful job with a shepherd's story and just encouraging us to share the good news. Don't keep it to ourselves. It's, it's not meant to be kept yourself. The good news is a bit like the, the uh, Israelites' manna in the desert. The food that would only last twenty-four hours. You couldn't save it. You know, you couldn't sort of go out and collect it and say, I'll save a bit until tomorrow because the following morning it was all raggy and wormy and all the rest of it. The only exception, of course, was the Sabbath when, when miraculously the the manner that they collected would last the two days. Uh, just extraordinary, extraordinary stories of God's provision. And the thing about visitors, especially at uh, Christmas, is that you know they come and they go. Fliss and I were going to a regional event down in Reading, and we were travelling down the M4. And I just happened to remark to you, didn't I, Fliss? I said, "We used to do this trip so often with the kids. You know, pack the kids in the car, down the M4, down the M5." Go and visit my mum, you know, and uh, spend a bit of Christmas and New Year with her. And it was there was something kind of nice and cozy, getting all the kids together and strapping them in. Oh, I mean, um, you know, uh, to, to keep them safe, of course. Uh, just strapping them, to keep them safe, and uh, we just uh, we we just were remarking about that, you know. And maybe, of course, you may, you may have visitors coming uh, this year, maybe coming from afar, uh, and uh, looking forward to that, I hope. But, you know, the funny thing is, of course, one of the great visiting stories in the Scriptures is the three wise men. They traveled hundreds of miles in order to worship the newborn Jesus. You know, wonderful stories there. You can read it in, in the Scriptures. i I'm not going to do that, but, but I was, we were talking, we were thinking about that, you know, what did they do on that journey, you know, it was a long journey, and it wasn't, of course, a case of jump in the SUV and strap yourself in, it was a real mission, you know, it was almost like a life calling, and I wonder what they talked about on that journey, you know, usually, and there's a lot of film clips and stories about that, you know, there's, you know, they, they, they always appear uh, at the stable, looking absolutely fantastic. If you've watched some of the video clips, they're all clean and they're washed, and they've got their crowns on and their royal robes, bearing their gifts, and it's all beautifully squeaky clean. But is it, was it really like that? You know, I, I, I wonder if there were moments on the journey when they had a little, you know, tittle-tattle, a little fallout, a little, you know, where the stress, you know, was kind of telling a bit, you know, where one of them would say, "Are we nearly there yet?" You know, and the rest wanted to kill him. You know, "No, we've got another 150 miles to go." You know. Uh, all that kind of stuff. That's that's what journeys. Hands up if that's your experience of journeys. Uh, where, you know, it's kind of like that, isn't it? My dear daughter, well, I was gone to visit my other daughter in Nashville, Tennessee, and she started yesterday at eight in the morning. The plane was delayed at Heathrow because of the fog. She got to. Uh, She got to Chicago, there was a huge delay there, and then finally she gets on the plane, it goes down the runway, and it turns around, it comes back again, and she's put into a hotel, and now there's a tornado warning upon everything. I mean, it's just, journeys are difficult. And sometimes we can get a little fractious, can't we? So here's a a light-hearted look of what it might have been like for those three kings. Thank you, Karen. (laughs) Next time I drop a glove, would you let me go back and pick it up? My fingers are frozen. Seriously, you sound exactly like my first wife. Oh, I okay. just, I just, I just. Yaga, 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 yaga. It's always, uh. I'm cold. I understand. It's cold. I but mean, first there's... he insists, first he insists that we camp out, rough it, right? Right. right. And then he's gone for hours trying to find manna. How hard is that? I, I, there was a Heaven Eleven right down the block. I can't answer in. this question. Why do you keep asking, Hi, guys? It? Yeah. Oh, finally. What a schlep that was. Oh. Oh, oh, thank goodness. I'm starving. Uh, Past the manor? Yeah, let's go. Oh, yeah, here's the manor. Uh, oh. oh, my feet are frozen. Oh. What's that? Uh, what's what? Behind your back. Behind your back? Yeah, what, what is that? Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh, th- oh this. Oh, there. <laughs> oh. Oh. It's, oh, yeah. Um, oh, that's, <laughs> it's a Playmobil uh, pirate ship. Oh, of course Playmobil, it is. Course that course it makes it total sense. Obviously, you it's know. a Playmobil pirate ship. What? Well, that's fantastic. Do you want it for yourself? No, I thought, you know, added extra for the newborn king. A oh, newborn, the newborn king! Uh, it's no. just, this is just gonna wind him up. I'm yeah. just warning what, you. No, What's, no, what's no. the problem? No, 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 nothing. Uh, uh, nothing at all. I don't even want to hear Nothing you. at all, no, no. We, I, I, I guess agreements amongst friends, amongst kings, Oh, you mean the... Oh, just, just, do you just, remember when yeah. we were walking for 600 miles and he had this whole diatribe about how we should only spend 70 pieces of silver? Well, right, because, right, well, listen, you know, listen, listen, to be listen honest with it's, with it's each my other. silver. Each other look oh, yeah. It's my silver, guys. Yeah. I'm a king. Uh uh-huh. I'm a wise man, too. Well, yeah. Okay, so I'll spend it on what I want. If I want to get something extra for the newborn king, king of kings, so be it. Uh, I think we should just let it go. <laughs> Would you get him? Well, I, I, don't, I don't see how that's any of your business, but I, uh... No, I, I'm, I'm with him on this. I, I'd like to know what you got him. Yeah. Well, I, uh... I got him some myrrh. Okay, some myrrh. That's uh, myrrh. That's right. good. And? And, uh... Is an and? A wee. Oh, ah, come on! A why, that's, that's ridiculous! Why? Why? It's a the wee. hottest gift. Everybody wants one. He's what? an infant! Yeah, but he's also a, the king of kings, you know? Yeah, you just said so. Oh, that's great, isn't it? That's great. I mean, I got him. What, what did I get him? Playmobil, pirate ship, and what am I going to get him now? A gift certificate? You know what I got him? What? I got him frankincense and some Pampers for his parents because I thought that would be nice. That would be a nice gift. Are, are Pampers even a present? No, they're, they're, they're not. Diapers. they diapers. They, they were a nice gesture is what they were. They were a token. And I'm not saying, oh, I got a lot of money. I bought a Wii. Maybe we should return them? Well, Once so I get carried away. Okay. Right, you keep it for us. Mm. We, we yeah. You want to just up idea. in that bad boy in there? Uh-huh, uh-huh. I will take you to town on Wee Bowling. Already, this baby's bringing us together. Yes. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm a fan. Yeah. 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 I just came across that during the week. It just made me laugh. Brilliant. Wonderful. Perhaps a little bit closer to the truth. Who knows? Who knows, indeed. You know, uh, I can remember when uh, our first baby was born, Noel, and, uh, you know, there was this tremendous sense of excitement, and, and uh, we got the baby home, but you know, that first baby, you really are kind of a bit phased. You suddenly, it dawns on you that life is never going to be the same again, and, uh, and it's just this crazy routine, and I remember my mother-in-law came to visit, and she stayed for two weeks. And it was an absolute godsend. And uh, she just did everything. She cooked the meals and she did the laundry and she, you know, she cared for Fliss as Fliss cared for the baby. And, you know, I got, I, I, I got the odd hot meal, which can't be bad, you know. And uh, I just, it was just fabulous. But there came a time when uh, we knew she was going to be going. And it kind of really bothered us. Uh, we knew it had to happen. We had to raise this child ourselves. But, you know, my mother came and then she went. Just like every visitor, welcome or otherwise, comes and goes. The difference that we can celebrate here is that Jesus is the one who comes and stays, He comes and stays. You know, when God looked down upon the earth, uh, He could have decided that uh, all we needed was a a good educational program. You know, we're really messing up. Let me send a, a, a teacher down there, or a scientist, or a politician, or whoever. But God looked upon us, and He decided we needed a Savior. And so He sent us a Savior. He sent us a Savior. Wonderful, a wonderful truth. Let's just pick up the thread in the scriptures then. Uh, it'll come up on the screen, but Isaiah chapter 7, a well known uh, passage, this Isaiah 7, verse 14. This is hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus. Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and we'll call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel. God with us, God with us, you know that's an extraordinary thing, that's an extraordinary gift that God himself should come down to us, you know most religion is about us getting to God, trying hard enough, being good enough, doing the right things. Performing the right religious activities and if we do enough and if we do it frequently enough Then maybe we will aspire to climb the stairway to heaven But the truth of the matter is that the Christian gospel is this God has come to us Just as we are Just as we are God has come to us Now you know I'm, I'm celebrating the fact that God is with us, Emmanuel. And you might be tempted to say, if you haven't thought it already, well, okay, like what you're saying, Chris. But where is he? Where is he? If he's come to us, where is he? Hasn't he just gone back to wherever he came? Or, you know, what, where, where is this God who is with us? Well, for that, I would answer that by saying, we need to go back to that who is Jesus series. You know the one we taught before this? We taught about Jesus. We asked various various questions. and, And we said this. We said that Jesus was Lord over evil and demons. Jesus was Lord over healing. And Jesus was Lord over creation. And Jesus was Lord over sin. And Jesus was Lord over death. And indeed, we ended up by saying Jesus is God. Jesus is God. Jesus is Lord. And of course, the Christian gospel is that God is three, three in one. God is three, three in one. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, a few weeks ago, a couple of months ago, I I, I just was talking about um, uh, the incident in Scripture where Jesus reinstates Peter, the apostle, to be the leader of the the disciples, the, the, the apostles. And some of you will remember that story, whereby Jesus actually betrays, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Peter denies Jesus, and is absolutely gutted, to say the least. But subsequently, after Jesus' resurrection, Jesus meets with Peter, and three times he says to him, do you love me? Okay, feed my sheep, variations on that. Somebody came up to me after that service, and they said to me, "Uh, you you didn't mention the fact that the reason Jesus said it three times was because it was each of the members of the Trinity uh, asking Peter that question. It's logical, it makes sense, but it's wrong. You see, the truth of the matter is that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are indivisible, you know? It was God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit asking Peter that question in the person of Jesus. They have different roles and different functions, but they are one God. So the Christian Gospel is this, that even though Jesus physically may not be with us, and he's physically, physically in heaven, he's not a ghost in heaven, he's physically in heaven, Jesus himself foresaw the fact that we might be confused and disorientated and anxious. When he said, I've got to go back to the Father. And we read about this in uh, John's Gospel. So it'll come up on the screen. But turn with me, if you have your Bibles or smart devices, to John chapter 14. And, you know, if you want to dig into this, read these last chapters in John's Gospel. It'll do a power of good. But we've just got to dip into this. John chapter 14, verses 15 and 18 to 18, says this. Uh, Where are we here? If you love me, keep my commands. This is Jesus to his disciples. Sort of an intimate meeting. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. An advocate. Somebody who intercedes. Somebody who acts on your behalf. He will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. So the one that the Father is going to send is going to be with us forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and, and uh, will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. Let that just comfort you. Maybe you've been abandoned at some point. Maybe you've been deserted, badly let down. Maybe you did not know your father or mother, or both. God the Father says to you, and says to you now, this is a rhema word, that means it's in the moment, I will not leave you as an orphan. I will not leave you as orphans. Everybody say that, I will not leave you as orphans. So if you felt alone, overlooked, disregarded, abandoned, sidelined, God says to you, I will not leave you as orphans. And because Jesus, bless him, my saviour, your saviour, was physically a man, He couldn't have just stayed around in his person. I mean, gosh, he would be 2,000 years old now. What must that look like? You know? Grief. Sort of a prune with legs or something. I have no idea. The mind boggles. But what he says to his disciples is, listen, remember you're dealing with the Trinity here. I'm going back to be with my father, but I'm going to send you another advocate. And I love, I love the old king's, James's interpretation of that word, advocates. The Greek is paraclete. But actually, it's translated in the King James Version as the comforter. The comforter. Don't you love that? I will send you the comforter. It says elsewhere in the Scriptures, God is the God of all comfort, Maybe you're looking forward to a busy, full, and family and friend-filled Christmas, but maybe you're dreading Christmas. There are people amongst us, part of our community, for whom Christmas is a particularly difficult time. And God says, I will not leave you as orphans, and I will come as your comforter. Be comforted by him. Take a little space for yourself which is really space for him and allow him to comfort you. To comfort you. Do you remember, you know what, when I first gave my life to Jesus I was going through a particularly, I was only in early teens and going through a very fraught time. My father died and all sorts of crazy things were happening. And I didn't really know God very well but I read that and I just used to pray when I went to bed I used to pray Lord comfort me. And make of it what you will but for about two years when I prayed that it was as if somebody came and put a big warm blanket over me and tucked me in crazy but man it got me through God came and comforted me he is the comforter so the disciples alarmed at the prospect of Jesus leaving I've come to you and I'm going Alarmed at that, he says, whoa, 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 hang on there, hang on. I'm going to send you another comforter, a comforter. Um, Let's have a look at another verse of Scripture, John 14, 26 and 27. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. The Holy Spirit will interact with you and you may, not, you may be concerned because you just don't feel you know, enough about this or enough about prayer or enough about the Christian life. You have a comforter. You have the Holy Spirit who's going to help you and mentor you and train you and comfort you. Maybe you're a fairly new Christian. Maybe you've been a Christian for ages and you just frequently despair of yourself. I'll never get it. I'll never be able to do this Christian thing. I might as well just walk off into the sunset. You know, I just can't do it. But you know what? God knows what we're like. None of us can do it in our own strength. And God sends his comforter to encourage us and to, and to keep us. Because he's not left us as orphans. We're part of a family. We're part of that, that institution we call the church. But he calls the body of Christ. The body of my precious son. So, with Jesus, the one who is Emmanuel, God with us. Actually, what we find is that is God within us. You know, I said right at the beginning, visitors come and go, and this is a season of visitation and all the rest of it. But God is different. Jesus, the Son of God, comes and visits us and stays and does not go. And knowing what we need, a Savior, and knowing what we're like, the messes we get ourselves into, knowing what we're about, he provides one who doesn't just externally... Live. He, he gives us one who lives within us by his Spirit and who is manifest in his church. It's an extraordinary thing. We can corporately sense the presence of God. I hope you sense the presence of God as we worshipped. But it's not something we find here and leave here. It's something we take with us because within us his Holy Spirit is dwelling to comfort us, to lead us into all truth. And when we mess up, To discipline us. Something that is not often said is that the Holy Spirit sensitizes our conscience. Things that we used to do and think nothing of, now, as followers of Jesus, we find ourselves being increasingly uncomfortable about that. To the point where we think, I just got to stop that. That's just not doing me any good at all. That's the Holy Spirit at work within us. Now, there's other things that the Holy Spirit does with us. He he can interact with us. He can prompt us to to reach out and say things and pray things and visit people and ring people and pray, you know, all sorts of things. And that's just the fun. That's what John Wimber, our founder, used to call doing the stuff. Just doing the stuff. Learning to interact with the Holy Spirit and and just do what He prompts us to do in the moment. And as you go with those promptings, it can be tremendous fun. Because extraordinary things begin to happen. This is all, and this is the common story and experience of followers of Jesus like you and me living with God within us. And actually, it's a new thing, but it's not a new thing. I can think of at least two occasions, probably more, if I put my mind to it where God promises hundreds of years before Jesus that he was going to do this. Let's turn to Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 25 and 26. This is a very well-known passage. And he says, this is the prophet speaking, the Lord speaking through the prophet Ezekiel, and he says this, I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. You know, when God washes you, you're clean. When God washes you, you're clean. The experience of feeling unclean, whether you are clean or not, is quite common. Maybe you've indulged in something or made unwise choices that have ended up making you feel unclean. You feel as if you've lost a little piece of your innocence, which can never be regained. It's an extraordinary thing, but it's a very real experience. Sometimes it results in mental health issues. Sometimes this sort of compulsion to keep washing your hands, not always by any means, but washing, 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 till your hands are red, raw and chapped. Sometimes there's a deep underlying sense of being unclean. Nothing seems to make it right again except the blood of Jesus, except the blood of Jesus because Jesus comes and he washes us clean and that's not the end of it, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean, I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols those things that we worship or value or put on a pedestal or aspire to or try and be like or go after, those things that we devote ourselves to, which often demand a high price in the service of them. God will deliver us from all of those things. verse 27, he he says, sorry, carrying on 26, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. There you go. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Does that sound good or what? A heart of flesh. You see, it's not that our intentions are bad. Intentions are actually very good. If we were to write down our good intentions... It would probably be an overwhelming manifesto for world peace. The trouble is, is the heart gets in the way. Our will, our laziness, our apathy. We mean well, but unfortunately our heart's not in it. Our heart is not in it. God says, I will give you a new heart, a heart of flesh... And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. God will prompt us to walk in righteousness. The things that you feel prompted to do are the very things that are on God's heart to do. And so there we have it. Christ comes as a visitor of the Holman Hunt picture Two copies, one in Oxford, of Christ with a lamp by the door, about to knock, knocking on the door, inviting, uh, uh, requesting, asking to be let in. We have a visitor. Christ is here in our midst, inviting you to open that door to let him in. But the truth the, is, he's not coming to pay a visit. What he wants to do is to give you a new heart to comfort you to father you and to not leave you nor forsake you God with us now that's a visitor in Christ that I want to welcome in I hope you do too let's have the band up, thank you would you stand and pray with me Holy Spirit, we want you to know that you are welcome in this place. And in this season of open heaven, where we sense extraordinary opportunities, the year has been full of challenge and difficulty, but the overriding sense is that you've given us extraordinary opportunities and that you are drawing close to us And we want to open that door wide and welcome you into this community, this this church, and that this church would be a people full of those who have opened their hearts to you. Lord, I want to learn new things about you. I want you to be the king of my heart, Lord God. I I don't want to just dip into Jesus Mm -hmm. on every other Sunday when I feel like it, but I want you to reign and rule in me. I want you to order my affairs, order my life. I felt abandoned. It was an issue with me for years. I don't feel that anymore because I know that you have not left me nor forsaken me. And that's our prayer for each and every one of us here, that we might know that we are loved and that you have not left us as orphans. Thank you, Lord. And everyone said, Amen.